0: You know, so I don't even really think of myself as a business owner. I, I basically created a job for myself.
1: Okay, guys. So while I was editing this show, Casey and I have been going back and forth. And Casey wrote me and said that the parts of the show he likes least are the nuts and bolts of running a construction business. <laughs> Casey, not a contractor finan. This is the contracting handbook, not the not a contractor handbook, bro. All jokes aside, Casey did go on to give me some accolades and, uh, and give some high praise of my guests who have been on the show. All right, let's hear a little bit more of what Casey's going to talk about today.
0: But I hate doing you know, the businessman stuff. And actually like actively try not to drum up business. <laughs> One of the reasons why like getting into rehabbing houses, like I, I have the autonomy, like I have, you know, quote unquote, my own business, but you know, really I just have my own job. Um, you set me in front of a computer with a spreadsheet and I will melt into a puddle within five minutes. I can't <laughs> do it. But I also see, you know, some of these flippers doing jobs where I'm just like, how do they even, you know, and a lot of times they're permitted, but I'm just like, how did they pass anything
1: on this house? It's just because doing what you're doing is taking it a step a a different direction than say a contractor where I'm still working within a bureaucratic framework. That's when I first got into contracting, I found highly annoying because I thought I was going to be more like what you're doing. And it took a while now I'm kind of back there, but it's scary for people to think about stepping out of this framework that we've all been set up to to work in it, it it's a it's a big leap be adaptable and to be flexible and to be able to like sort of conform
0: yourself to what's needed or is it better to um sort of recognize what your strengths and weaknesses are and to create your path that or fit yourself into the thing that that you're good at i just want to be able to work on old houses. I think one of the things I do love about construction and stuff is, is I feel like it, it's really become a, a part of me. You know, it's, it's, it's formed me and, and taught me in a lot of ways, uh, my integrity that I carry in, in other areas of my life to, to the integrity that I, I carry into my work, you know, cause we've all on some level been somewhere where we haven't been appreciated, where we've been, you know, looked down on where we've been, um, you know, made fun of, uh, you know, and it it hurts. It sucks. It's, it's uh, terrible. And, and I don't know why we, we put up with that on, on the job sites, like why that's okay in the construction industry in certain places. I don't think I really ever have had a mentor in the construction industry. You know, if we're not actively trying to teach the young guys and, and bring them up and, and try to get them, you know, up to speed as quickly as possible, you know, uh, then, then I think we're failing, you know, we're failing them. If, you know, you've got a business and if you you're hiring somebody like, I mean, you probably know how hard it is to find skilled guys, you know, you probably just got to produce your own. I mean It's one of the reasons why I appreciate hammer so much is, is there's this goal of like, you know, kind of making it more professional, making it something more that, that isn't this, you know, uh, fly by night thing. Um, but he, you know, he's 20, he's, he's, he's a little, you know, unsure of what he wants to do with his life at the moment, which is, which is obviously just fine. But, you know, I really encouraged him to, you know, like, Hey, stick with it, you know, you know, uh, even if you, you know, if you do decide to go to school, like that's great, but you know, it's nice to have a summer job where, you know, you can get paid more and you don't, You don't have to, you know, work with fries and, and irate customers, you know, and don't get me wrong. I worked at McDonald's when I was in high school and I loved it, but uh, you know, uh, not, not a good career choice. I mean, I think about myself when I was 20 and I was, you know, I was an idiot. So I don't know. (laughs) So some things you just got to learn on your own, whatever.
1: I'm with you on the, the, when I was 20 thing.
0: I don't know what you got, but it ain't good. (laughs) If you think about what you're your peripheral nervous system controls it's well, it's pretty much everything. So, um, you know, outside of your thoughts, you know, you know, so I'm I'm like reading medical journals now, fortunately with what I have, uh, you know, there are treatments because the the health costs were, were really high. You know, I had insurance, but you know, all these tests and stuff I were doing were really expensive. I'm healed enough to where I can continue doing what, what I love to do. So, um, you know, I feel very, very fortunate in that sense.
1: And when I, when my brain clicks in on something, uh-huh. I completely yeah. lose focus on what I'm working yeah. on. Exactly. And so it's gotta be jams. It's gotta be tunes. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. Yeah, it's
0: gotta keep you moving a little bit. Yeah.
1: You there's know. gotta be a melody.
0: It's not easy being a contractor. <laughs> but I think for me, like it, it comes down to um, integrity. Like if you have integrity in your life, um, you know, if you have integrity in your building in your marriage in your with your kids with your business dealings with the government with you know what your neighbors if you have integrity um you know life is easy
1: Hey, welcome back everybody. It's Mike Kinoki. I'm here with a friend of mine who I met on the Hammer app. If you're not familiar with that, he does amazing restoration work. That's what I kind of saw was going on. Uh we've chatted a bit there and he's the first and only person to make a monetary contribution to the production of the show on Venmo and that's not how he got on the show. I actually had been wanting to talk to him for a long time. Uh, he did that after the fact. So, so there's no, there was no kickback here. Okay. Okay. So anyway, owner, operator of Fine and Craftsmanship, it's Casey Finan.
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited to have this conversation. You know so I don't even really think of myself as a business owner. I, I basically created a job for myself that's like my ideal job. Um, I don't have customers. I mean, I do have to sell the house at the end, but I've, I've never really had an issue with that. Um, you know, I don't have customers, I don't really have people I answer to. You know, I've got subs that I, you know, that I use for for tuck pointing and and, uh, electric and HVAC and plumbing and stuff for, for the stuff that I don't largely want to do, or, or, you know, or, or, don't have the skills for, um, but I get to take a house and, uh, you know, rebuild it from, you know, sometimes they're in really, really bad shape. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes less so, but, uh, you know, I get to do everything how I want to do it. Um, uh, you know, I get to put in the amount of work that I feel like is, is right. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a real joy. And, you know, I love driving by the old houses that I've done. I love, uh, you know, when appropriate, like I like when I can know who has bought them, um, you know, and, and drop a note. And, you know, I've received a bunch of notes from, from people who have bought the houses saying like, wow, we just, you know, we just really appreciate, you know, living in this house. Like, you know, we can just tell it was really, you know, you put a lot of care and thought and, 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 you know, love into it. And, you know, those, those are the things that, you know, stick with you.
1: Absolutely. That's back to the legacy thing there. Yeah. Um, now the life you've created, the career you've created uh, where you're doing this, did you have to get licensed for it because you're subbing things out or can you get away yeah. with it because you're.
0: Yeah. So I technically do have to have a business license in the city of St. Louis. Um, it's kind of a joke, you know, it's 200 bucks, you know, and uh, well, I, I you do actually have to carry workman's comp, which, you know, being on my own, sometimes I wouldn't, but, but, you know, um, now that it's required, I, you know, I do. And, you know, I've got a family and stuff now. Okay. So, so
1: you, do you need, but you don't need a contractor's license. I do not need a contractor's license to rehab houses. No,
0: now I do pull permits on, on all the houses I rehab. Um, so, you know, I go through the building division, I have to submit drawings. They can be hand drawn. Um, but I have to submit drawings, you know, you got to put in all the, you know, the drywall will be moisture resistant in the kitchen with screws every 12 inches. You know, well, you gotta like kind of throw all that, that stuff in there. Um, but yeah, but I I, mean, I get, I do permit everything. You know, when I first started, I didn't, you know I'd kind of just build stuff, but then so I- So in,
1: in theory, you don't, you don't probably do you even need a business license to do what you're doing? Well- Could, could you just not- be a private private citizen?
0: Well, you really, you could, um, there's, you know, there's not really going to be anybody checking on you. Um, um, and there have been times when like, uh, you know, actually this past year where I, where I actually went to go work for somebody else, I, I let my business license lapse just because it's, you know, there's no penalty for it. You know, it's just 200 bucks a year. Um, but yeah, there, there really isn't any, um, you know, there isn't any. There's not like a governing body that's like really looking at you. They they do want stuff permitted, but honestly, like, you know, it's it's a pretty lax system. Um, I think quite honestly, the city of St. Louis a lot of times is is, you know, I think they're pretty happy when people are are rehabbing houses and, you know, I mean, they still come in um, and depending on the inspector, uh, you know, will you know, and I feel like they, you know, they're, they're all good guys who, you know, want to see good work being done and stuff. And, you know, after a while you get a, a a good reputation and, you know, they'll like, just say, send me a picture of it and, and, you know, you'll do it. Um, But I also see, you know, some of these flippers doing jobs where I'm just like, how do they even, you know, and a lot of times they're permitted, but I'm just like, how did they pass anything on this house? It's just, you know the one next door to the one there on utah that uh utah's the street sorry i always refer to mm-hmm. the house as the street yeah um so that and a lot of them are are like states so it's like um, on michigan or you know at michigan uh, on utah at miami or you know wherever um you know the like literally the whoever put the the gutter up put the downspout on the high side of it and all the water would just pour and it'd pour over into my yard. And so then I'm like getting water in the basement and stuff. And it's just like, you know, I'm trying to even get these people to fix it. It's just, you know, uh, I don't know. So that house had been, had gotten a permit two years prior and gotten rehab. But, you know, I, I guess nobody checks the gutters, but, uh, you know,
1: you know, some of the best advice I ever got as a builder was think like water.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that same that same one. Think like water. I think the thing is like water does a lot of things that I wouldn't do. So what's yeah. your
1: bit? what's your biggest struggle as a non-businessman in, in what you're doing? Well,
0: yeah. So um you set me in front of a computer with a spreadsheet and I will melt into a puddle within five minutes. I can't <laughs> do it. Like I just, you know, the business side. I mean, that's honestly a big reason why I didn't become like a contractor, like writing uh, proposals, doing, you know, I can kind of do back of the envelope type stuff on the houses I do, um, and I've done enough of them now that, you know, I kind of know what to expect. Um, You know, the, like doing bids for work, like it's just, I don't like it. I, I, you know, doing taxes, payroll like actually I gotta do just my, my regular taxes, you know. I just I, I put it off uh you know doing anything like payroll or uh you know doing the insurance work doing ah uh, I just I can't do it like it's not you know it's just not me. Um you know I've got a brother-in-law and my mother-in-law are both accountants, you know, and and you know they're in Illinois. I don't you know I don't use them but uh, but it's just like, you know, they, they love what they do and like, they're good at it, but you know, uh, that is not me. I, I, I don't have the patience. I don't have the, you know, it, what would probably take, you know, most people 10 minutes to, you know, write up a proposal. Like it's going to take me like four hours. It's, so th- that's one of the reasons why like getting into rehabbing houses, like I, I have the autonomy, like I have, you know, quote unquote, my own business, but you know, really I just have my own job. Uh, but I, you know, I don't have to do all of that stuff, but I hate doing, you know, the businessman stuff.
1: Understandable. Um, and it's interesting to me that you, that you don't have clients and you're doing your own thing and you, you have a business name, like the, you place value on your legacy and, uh, which I think is super important. And you even have a super cool logo that you made (laughs) that you didn't need to have, but it's, it's pretty awesome.
0: Well, actually, so I had that made when I kind of thought I would be, so I do still do some work, you know, mostly for like my family, you know, I just put in a French store for my mom and, um, you know, I went and looked at some stuff.
1: Do you charge you a mom full rate?
0: You know what I do? So my mom and I, so I've actually uh, a couple of the houses that I've rehabbed, like I've bought some, but then, you know, my mom kind of saw me doing it and she was like, this is a pretty good gig. (laughs) And uh, so I've I've done a couple where I've partnered with my mom, you know, and she's she's Mm -hmm. actually very detailed, you know, she does a lot of painting and stuff. Um, She even came and worked on that house on Utah for free, you know, just doing some painting. Um, She bought the four family that's next door to me, which, you know, then we rehab the apartments Um, and she's killing it on that. That was a great, a great investment. Um, so yeah, I still charge her, but you know, it's kind of one of these things where, you know, she's, you know, at different times in my life, she's been my bank too, you know, so, <laughs> uh, we, you know, working with family can always be a little, you know, a little dicey, but cheaper. I mean, sometimes I do it for free, but, but I also kind of manage a number of, um, you know, the four family next door and the, she's got another house that she rents, um, just a little, she lives out in the County, probably probably. 25, 30 miles away. So I'd I'd made the business cards when when I kind of thought I might do a little bit more contracting work, Um, Mm -hmm. but the houses ended up, you know, sustaining me enough to where uh, I didn't really need them. Now I did have, uh, I had a friend who, I I still have a friend, but uh, she really talented designer. She worked for one of the big ad agencies here in St. Louis. and I think I traded her some work, you know, so I was like, Hey, would you want to design a logo for me? I just want to have some business cards and such. And, you know, she, and I think she ended up just doing it for free for me anyway. Um, yeah. So she designed my logo, which, which I love. And, you know, and it's still nice to have a business card to like, you know, occasionally I'm working on the house and, you know, somebody will come by and I actually get, we'll get a lot of compliments from the neighborhoods that that house on Utah had a, you know, a really pretty mansard front with a lot of, you know, built up gutter pan that, you know, is all hidden by crown and everything. And, you know, I had some people come by and just like, thanks for keeping things, you know, you know, looking. And so we'd just get to talk in and I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, here's my card, you know, whatever. And so, so I feel like it's nice just to have that to, to give out, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not like a officially a contractor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And 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 actually like actively try not to drum up business. <laughs>
1: I I also I think it's admirable to kind of walk away from the system that they present us, and and work it work it your own way.
0: You know, so so when I was younger, I used to like to ask questions. I mean, we'd sort of you know when I was like in college and stuff. We we'd have these nights where we'd go to a diner and and uh, and I'd like to ask you know semi philosophical type questions or or, you know, sometimes silly ones, but but one of the questions that I always like to ask, because it was something that I was, I was struggling with kind of in my own mind was like, wh- is it better to be adaptable and to be flexible and to be able to like sort of conform yourself to what's needed? Or is it better to um, sort of recognize what your strengths and weaknesses are and to create your path that or. Fit yourself into the thing that that you're good at, um, and of course, you know the you know not yes or no or or you know mutually exclusive uh, questions there most of the time. But uh, but for me, it just has very much been a thing where it's like, uh, yeah, I just I you know I I kind of saw you know I, the, there are all these things that I love. There are all these things that I don't love that I'm not good at, um, you know, and don't even really want to grow to the point where you know, I could sustain a, you know, a full-time bookkeeper or, or you know, uh, an office manager. Like, I don't want to have all of that pressure. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to be able to work on old houses, you know, and so this is kind of the way I get to do it. And, and I'm not under the, you know, I'm under the gun in that, like, I need to make money. I'm under the gun in that my wife wants me home for dinner, you know, but I'm not under the gun of, uh, you know, a customer or a boss saying like, just just get it done you know get it done get it done that's been something that's been really important in my life like to me just to have that have that autonomy have figured out what i really like to do and managed to put myself in a position to to do it
1: <laughs> yeah no and no matter what we do there's going to be parts that right exactly that, yeah that are no yeah. fun it's just the way it is yeah got to take the the good with the bad so what's yeah. your who what what's the most important what do you value most? That's a great question.
0: I started this apprenticeship program, you know, a year ago, and that's been kind of a lifelong dream of mine. And I actually made like sort of a, I made a series. In fact, my, my friend Liz, who designed my business card, she designed my posters as well. I, I kind of made like sort of our, here's our principles. And there were five things. So like, I mean, like number one was like safety and stuff like that. But, it, but I think for me, like it, it comes down to um, integrity, like if you have integrity in your life, um, you know, if you have integrity in your building and your marriage and your, with your kids, with your business dealings, with the government, with, you know, what your neighbors, if you have integrity, um, you know, life is easy. Um, you don't have to ever be really worried about, um, you know, I don't know, things coming back to bite you. Uh, you know, if you, if I, I know I walk away from this house, uh, you know, having built it with with integrity. Where, um, you know, I didn't I didn't skimp on something. I didn't like bury something. I didn't try to hide something from the inspector. I didn't try to hide, you know, um, you know. Then I can walk away and I and I just know that, you know, uh, somebody's not going to come after me. Now, now, sure, there's always, you know, we all are going to make mistakes. Somebody, you know, could, but. Um, yeah, I think integrity for me is 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 the most important thing, and it, and it, you know, why why would it not apply to building when it applies to everything else? Um, you know, I think I think one of the things I do love about construction and stuff is is I feel like it it's really become a a part of me. Um, you know, it's 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 formed me and and taught me in a lot of ways, and um, and I think that like, yeah, why why would I divorce? Uh, my integrity that I carry in, in other areas of my life to to the integrity that I, I carry into my work. Um so yeah that's I'd say pretty easily that's like that's number one. And I feel like so many things fall under that, you know. Um this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but uh you know I was listening to the, the podcast with uh Sasha um Cassis is that her is that her name her, yeah and you know she was just talking and, and this isn't even like building, but she was talking about like the respect that you know is required to be on the cruise. And she was talking about being a woman and and being respected on the the crew and people not, you know, oogling her or ogling her, you know, staring at her. Um and it's like, it's just like, wow, that's that's uh you know, I think you I've heard you mention this several times on the podcast as well. That like, you know, we kind of grew up in this this system where we got yelled at, you know, and, and we got, you know, bitched at and complained to, and, and kind of even like, you know, sort of beat down, like, why isn't this better? Why isn't that, you know, why didn't, you know, it it wasn't, and so that's, you know, I think that's part of integrity too, you know, it's, it's like treating people with respect, treating, um, you know, we, you know, in my world, like, I don't run into a ton of, of women, um, you know, I don't run into a ton of, uh, you know, trans people. Um, actually probably like work for more gay people than my, my lawyer is actually gay. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a time when when a lot of those things were, were denigrated, were looked down on, were made fun of, were, um, you know, and it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's bad. It, it's, uh, you know, it, it makes me really sad. And I think like being able to put yourself in, in those people's shoes, being able to, um, you know, cause we've all on some level been somewhere where we haven't been appreciated, where we've been, you know, looked down on where we've been, um, you know, made fun of, uh, you know, and it, and it, it hurts. It sucks. It's, it's, uh, terrible. And, and I don't know why we, we put up with that on, on the job sites, like why that's, okay in the construction industry, in certain places for, for people to, to yell at you, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) like, you know, the only time I can ever think of yelling at somebody is if they're doing something like blatantly unsafe, and I need to stop them from doing that, you know, like, um, you know, so, so to me, integrity, like covers a lot of things, you know, it covers the way I interact with people, it covers what I do, um, on the job with, with, uh, you know, with the subs, with the, um, you know, the inspectors, the people who work under me, the, if I have people who are over me, which I did, you know, for a year here. Um, yeah, it's, integrity is, is, is you know, the, the, the key that unlocks all doors for me.
1: Who, who's your greatest mentor?
0: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, in the construction world, like, uh, I think probably the, the best carpenter I ever worked under was a, was a guy named Angelo, and I don't even think I could tell you his last name. Um, I worked with him in like, I don't know, 2010 or 2011, um, when, when kind of things were pretty bad, you know, it was after the, after the, the crash, and, you know, uh, it was hard I to find a
1: I didn't know people's last names until social media.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And, and unless um,
1: somehow their last name made it to the handwritten phone list that was on my wall. Sure. Next to, sure. My, next to my landline.
0: Yeah. Actually, in my phone, I still put people in as, like, uh, you know,
1: Mike Racquetball, you know, or, <laughs> of course. or John
0: Plummer, you know. <laughs> um,
1: but. Uh, Sorry, I interrupted uh, you there. I worked
0: with a guy named Angelo who, um, you know, he was, I'm not even sure how old he was, but, you know, he's just he was a really good carpenter, you know, and he just had a great knowledge, you know, I mean, he could frame, he could, you know, do great finish work. He just, he had a a really wide, you know, knowledge. And, um, but, but again, he was somebody that I, I really didn't, I can't say I like learned a ton from him, like, because it was you know, I learned a little bit for sure, you know, just by watching' them and stuff, but I don't think I really ever have had a mentor in the construction industry now I, I, I've had that in mm. kind of in my life um, you know I had a a guy who who mentored me in and like the Christian faith that you know was like, uh, you know, he, he unfortunately passed away a number of years ago and <laughs> I still get a little, little teary when I think about him. Um, you know, so he was somebody who taught me a lot about life, a lot about God, a lot about, you know, integrity, quite honestly. Um, you know, but but in the building trades, uh, yeah, I haven't had that. And that's, that's actually kind of why I wanted to start the apprenticeship program. Um, here, not too long ago on Hammer, somebody reached out to me and and asked like, uh, you know, this guy probably around my age, but he, he had a son graduating from high school who, who, you know, wanted to go into the trades and was like, uh, you know, any advice, what should he do? And I was kind of like, you yeah, know, actually wrote quite a long, uh, you know, reply back to him just saying like, you know, kind of like, well, here's what I did, you know. I got a job at a contractor and then, you know, learned as much as I could by reading Fine Home Building and Journal of like Construction. And I got online and I, you know, and you know, of course nowadays there's Hammer and there's Instagram and there's, you know, all this other stuff. Um, So I kind of tried to point them that way, but but I also was just sort of like, you know, this is how I did it. And I don't know that it's appreciably different now. and it feels like something that that really does need to improve. We need to have, um, you know, we need to teach people. We need to, you know, th- what good does it do for people to come onto our jobs and and for you know, you know, we all got to pay our dues. We all got to sweep some floors and and you know, move the pile of lumber from one spot to another and you know, whatever the case may be. But uh, you know, if we're not actively trying to teach the young guys and and bring them up and, and try to get them, you know, up to speed as quickly as possible, you know, uh, then, then I think we're failing, you know, we're failing them. If, you know, you've got a business and if you, you're hiring somebody like, I mean, you probably know how hard it is to find skilled guys, you know, you probably just got to produce your own. Um, you know, if you lose one of your guys at some point, like that's a big hole, that's hard to fill. Like, you know, you better have somebody like, uh, you know, in the minor leagues that's, that's, you know, chomping at the bit, that's, you know, wanting to get, get back up into that spot. And so, yeah, when when I started this apprenticeship program, so it actually just ended, but you know, I was still doing the same thing where we were rehabbing houses. I started it because like, man, I wanted somebody to teach me. I mean, I remember thinking that all the time. Like, I want someone to teach me. Teach me car- like, you know, I would ask all the questions. I'd be, you know, and I did all kinds of research on my own and stuff, but it's like, you know, like how do you like how do you cut crown molding on the flat, like, you know, how, you know, what, what angle do you need to put it at? And like, how do you figure out that angle? And, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, the first guy I worked for, he just, he just did it all, you know, and it was like, help me hold up the other end. Right. Well, you know, that's not very much fun. And, um, um, yeah. So, and, and eventually, you know, you'll, you lose guys. Cause like, nobody wants to be the guy who just, holds the dumb end of the tape measure all the time and sweeps up and, you know, you might as well go work at Chick-fil-A or something, right? You know, I've, I, I can't remember all the, the different people I've listened to on your show, but, um, you know, I know, in fact, I remember, I do remember listening to Gina. That's where I think, you know, we in the construction industry, and it's one of the reasons why I appreciate Hammer so much is, is there's this goal of like, you know, kind of making it more professional, making it something more that that isn't this, you know, Uh, fly by night thing, you know, There, you know, we've got the wide range. We've got the, you know, the guys, I'm sure like yourself who, who, you know, do things by the book and do quality work. And, but then you've got the guys, you know, you know, Joe pickup, who's, who's just, uh, you know, wants to get his, his, his few bucks and get out of there and, you know, get out of there as fast as he can (laughs) Um, and hope, hope nobody like leans on that wall too hard, you know, and for people entering the trades, like it's kind of a crapshoot, you know, like I feel like in a lot of ways, I was really lucky to end up with the company that I ended up with starting out. Um, and then I worked for a couple of like really exceptional companies later on as, as I got better. Um, but then, you know, like I've also a couple of times i worked for guys that, you know, if I if would initially worked for them, like starting out, I wouldn't have known like how subpar their work was um, you know and I'm so I'm here getting taught all these wrong things and it, it feels like there's no uh, you know there's no sort of universal entry into the trades and sort of no well at least for carpentry at least for uh, you know that there's probably a little bit better for for some of the other you know plumbing and electric but I think even some of those people have the same issues where um, you know I mean this guy is asking me like you know this guy on hammer, how do I how do I get my son into the trades? How do I get him, you know, into he wants to do carpentry? Like, you know, I mean, you can go to the union. I've never been in it. The job shouldn't be so difficult to figure out. How like I don't even know where the door is to access it. Right? There's a really big remodeling company here called uh, Mosby Building Arts, and they're like a, I don't know a top 15 builder by revenue in, in America, I think, and and they've started their own apprenticeship program um, because you know they couldn't find guys like there weren't guys going into the trades. And I think sometimes they just, they don't know how to get there. Um, you know, we don't, we don't put it out there as something like, you know, it, it feels like a lot of guys like myself and maybe you, we, like we kind of fell into it, you know, it didn't, it wasn't this like. Clear.
1: We absolutely. Yes. Absolutely fell into it. The majority of people on the show, I think fell into it. It was Brant Taylor and my yeah, interview Br- with him where he talked, he was like, he started defining these things for us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because we're all we all just snowballed into our lives, and then brand said, "Well, wh- wh- where's the entry point? Where's the ground floor?" Stuff yeah, I didn't really think about before.
0: Yeah, and it's stuff that um, you know. There was actually uh, in fine home building. In fact, there was the was the very first issue I ever bought. There was this guy I think his name was Dan Phillips uh, down in Texas, who's who's building homes and basically ran an apprenticeship program, you know, he had guys, he'd hire them for minimum wage, but then he he'd, he'd uh, you know, but then he essentially like encouraged bigger companies to come and, and raid his crews. Once they got some, you know, he just had the stipulation that they had to pay him, you know, whatever the kind of prevailing wage was. And, uh, and that's kind of, you know, and he did a bunch of other really, really cool stuff, but um, you know, that was for me like, Oh yeah, I'm going to start an apprenticeship program, which was great. I couldn't find anybody to get into it, you know. And I and I thought, like, particularly, I was aiming for kind of some, you know, lower income areas, and um, you know, I thought, like, oh, this will be awesome. People will want really want to do this, but but it just it just wasn't the case. Like, um, you know, it was hard. It was really hard to find guys who who were interested, um, you know, in in learning and doing it. Um, you know, I think particularly the last guy who, who is still with me, uh, you know, I think he's got a bright future in it. If he wants it, he he's got ADD. Um, um, but he, you know, he's 20, he's, he's, he's a little, you know, unsure of what he wants to do with his life at the moment, which is, which is obviously just fine. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, we as an industry need to need to do a better job of, of getting people in early and, and, and just, laying out the path for them
1: and i agree and no doubt there's a systemic failure right now absolute failure for getting people into trades uh and what you just said uh about the 20 year old not knowing quite where he's going totally understandable um it takes time to get going in a direction but one thing i do want to point out making up your mind a little bit earlier can make a huge difference on how your career goes because 20 years goes by really fast. It does. It does. all of a sudden you're like, you've matured and you've, you've learned so much and you're wise. And, but there's so many things that could have been a little bit different. If you had followed that one path and stuck to it. If you had, you know, been focused on something, um, I was all over the place for sure. So I'm not yeah. knocking it. Uh, and I, I think, I think my, my breadth of experience and all the things I've done has really helped me deal with clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause, I'm, cause it's related because I can relate on so many levels, but I also will say that a friend of mine and I, in our mid to late 20s were mulling union. He's union, but, but at the time we both kind of went off on our own. Yeah, and we're recently talking about it. Going, what if we had just both committed right then? Mm. Now I don't know if I have the. I don't know if I'm the kind of guy who's going to do something for twenty-five years or twenty years, sure. just because I I embrace change so much. But uh, when I think about the the money that would be there, or the or the pension, you know,
0: those things are you, nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so i'm just throwing it out there for people listening that if you're young and you're not quite making up your mind that's fine but but 20 years it's gonna escape so fast i mean yeah yeah. and
0: yeah with this with this particular guy you know i just uh yeah he's 20 and like you know he really you know he he's got the you know, he, he could definitely do it, you know, and he was, and I was trying to give him, you know, everything I was doing, I was trying to have him do too, and have him learn it, and I, and actually when I, when I left the program, uh, you know, when we finished the second house, I actually, I had an interview for him at Mosby, because um, I, I know the president there, <clears throat> you know, and, um, but he, you know, not sure if he wants, so he's actually staying with the, with the nonprofit, and he's moving over to their their apartment side. Um, and I, I think that's just kind of for lack of, you know. Um, but man, like, you know, he, I mean, he could, so, you know, he comes from, uh, you know, his parents don't have money. Um, you know, he would have to take out loans to, to go to school, to go to college. And, you know, I mean, that's, and, and kind of not knowing what you want to do. I mean, I mean, he could be 40, 50, 70, 80, 100, thousand dollars in the hole real quick you know uh, maybe not even getting a degree and uh you know still kind of not quite sure what he wants to do you know so um you know i really encouraged him to you know like hey stick with it you know you know uh even if you you know if you do decide to go to school like that's great but you know it's nice to have a summer job where you know you can get paid more and you don't you don't have to you know work with fries and and irate customers you know um, And don't get me wrong. I worked at McDonald's when I was in high school and I loved it, but uh, you know, uh, not, not a good career choice. Uh, So yeah, there, there's definitely something to be said about that. But, you know, I think like, I mean, I think about myself when I was 20 and I was, you know, I was an idiot. So I don't know. (laughs) So some things you just got to learn on your own, whatever, you know, however that comes about.
1: I'm with you on the, the, when I was 20 thing. Um, So (laughs) let's do a little speed round. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Casey. So I know that, um, you've kind of carved out this spot for you in your life, this, this place in our society doing your own thing. And, but I, but I know there's been some struggles on the way, uh, based on our conversation. So what's one of the bigger struggles that you've had to deal with?
0: Yeah. So, um, I, you know, started rehabbing homes kind of full-time in, in 2015. Um, in late 2016, um, I started to get, uh, it was, it was hard to even put a finger on it, but I just, I was getting tired a lot. Um, you know, um, I, I developed some, uh, tremors in my hands, um, and kind of actually even like other places in my body. And, um, you know, I, I basically chalked it up to stress. Um, you know, fast forward like six months into the summer of 2017, and, and my, my fingertips went numb after playing racquetball one day. The next day when they were still numb, I was just like, this doesn't seem right. And so I, you know, I went to the doctor and, uh, um, you know, the doctor referred me to a neurologist. I went to the neurologist. Neurologist said I, you know, essentially said I was stressed out, which is what I wanted to hear and, you know, kind of what I thought. Uh, I was like, all right, great. You know, he said I had essential tremor, um, which is, you know, kind of a benign thing and, um, and I'm stressed out. And, uh, and I was like, great. So that was kind of the fall of 2017. Um, I think at that point I had four different houses going and some because I had just, I just bought a new house for myself, like kind of my dream, you know, rehab. Um, I was finishing up the house I'd been living in. I had another one for sale, and then I had another one that I'd rented out that the guy moved out of. You know, so I'd that I was needing to to fix up, and so so I had like four houses, and it just was like I was really stressed out. Um, but I just kept getting worse and worse, and so then I, you know, I was going to the doctor. You know, explaining my my symptoms were really weird and would kind of come and go a little bit, but like. I started losing feeling in my feet and my hands, my tremors were getting really bad. I was exhausted. You know, I would go to work and literally just like, I would lay down on the ground and I would fall asleep because I just was like, you know, and I was like, oh, I just need to get through this. I just need to, you know, get down to one house that I'm working on here, you know, my house and another house and, and things will be better, you know? And, um, and I kind of just kept going like this and I got an MRI on my brain and it ended up being really clean and um, you know, cause we were, we were starting to look at stuff like multiple scler- sclerosis. I went through a period where I got really terrified that I had ALS, which was just like, um, I mean, I can't even say it right now without, uh, you know, feeling, you know, it, it was really scary. You know, I had two young daughters. Um, so anyway, finally, um, you know, I go to this neurosurgeon he kind of wants to operate on my neck. And he tests my reflexes, you know, he hits my knee with the, with the hammer or whatever, and, and nothing like zero. And he's like, that's not right. And he started, and like, I just, I don't have any reflexes, you know, that, that kind of reflex. And he's like, you know what, let's, let's get you in for a nerve conductivity test where, you know, basically they just kind of hook you up to a battery and, you know, run jolts through your nerves and measure how fast they go and how strong they are. And it's, it's, it's not a terribly pleasant experience. So I I knew about this test from reading about ALS and by this time I'd kind of gotten over the ALS fears because I had a bunch of symptoms that didn't really, um, I was, I was losing my strength very rapidly and a lot of other things too, but, um, that was the big one for me that was making it really hard, difficult to work. So I I go and, you know, the, the nurse is immediately just like, you know, they're, they're like, what's going on here? You know, they kept on like, uh. You know, trying to reposition things and like we'll try this and everything. And, you know, the doctor leaves and it's just the nurse. And I was like, so like, you know, clearly something's not right. You know, what's going on? And she 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 says to me, uh, "I don't know what you got, but it ain't good."
1: <laughs> oh, nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm, or it wasn't quite. It might have been something more along the lines of like, you know, something's going on here and it's not good. And, and so, but
1: that's what that's what it. What she was really saying was, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So so they bring in kind of like the head doctor and he comes in he re-performs a lot of tests. And so like my nerve conductivity, so typical for, you know, somebody my age, my, the velocity that like the signals travel from my brain through, through the, you know, through the nerves, like from, you know, my hip to my, to my ankle or something is is about 50 meters per second. My, my uh, nerves are traveling at like, Around 20, and sometimes less than that meters per second. So I was like less than half. And so right there on the spot, the doctor diagnosed me with a hereditary disease called Charcot Marie Tooth disease, which is a rare hereditary um, you know disease that that causes your your peripheral nerves. The there's a I'll I'll, I'll try to keep the technical stuff to a, to a minimum. That uh, so so your nerves are like basically these things called accents. There's a coating on them, an insulation. You know, a lot of us can understand that, you know, with electric, there's this insulation on them called myelin. Um, and so the myelin kind of allows the, the, the nerve signals from your brain to travel quickly, you know, they don't disperse. And um, so anyway, um, my myelin was getting eaten away. Mm-hmm. And this doctor, you know, was like, well, you have this disease. He's like, it's within my specialty. Do you want me to be your doctor? Absolutely. So, you know, he doesn't have an appointment for like a month. So, you know, of course I go home and I start reading about all this stuff and, uh, you know, reading about it. And it's really, in some ways, it's like really great that I have a diagnosis now because for, you know, this is the summer of 2018. So it's been going on for a year and a half at this point, really close to two years. And, uh, it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. It's not just stress. This is real. Like, there's a reason why, like, I can't get up off the ground if I sit down. You know, <laughs> there's a reason why, like, I can't. Then that, you know, like, there's a reason why I'm, like, I just am not being able to work. Uh, I had to quit playing racquetball. Um, you know, it, it was difficult for me to pick my kids up. You know, just a lot of stuff. Um, I won't go into like all of the things because it, it's. If you think about what your your peripheral nervous system controls, it's well, it's pretty much everything. So um, you know, outside of your thoughts, you know. Um so you know, I go in and it's just it just didn't seem right to me, you know. I didn't have any history of it. You know, I know genes can mutate, but you know, my strength loss seemed like it started, you know, on the inside and worked, you know, kind of closer to my core and worked its way down, whereas like the CMT it went the other way. And so anyway, I went to the doctor and uh, you know, I asked him all the right questions, you know, I was like, Hey, I think this is happening. This is like, no, no, like really that's, you know, a lot of people say that all right, well, what are the chances that, um, you know, there's, uh, something else mimicking this disease. And he's like, well, there are some autoimmune diseases, but you don't have them. Okay. What is the chance I have CMT 99.9? I'm like, all right you're the doctor, you're this is at Washington University in St. Louis, which is a world renowned health place, you know, and uh, I'm certainly not gonna find a better doctor. I'm gonna take your word for it. Um, it was supposed to be kind of slowly progressive, but like I left there and I just kept getting worse and worse and worse to the point where like, there were times like I, I literally had to drag myself up my stairs to get to my bedroom. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have the strength of my legs to walk um, you know, I tried to keep working through all of this, but, uh, you know, it was really extremely difficult. Um, you know, I started thinking like, I've got to find something else to do with my life. Like I can't, you know, continue to be a carpenter. Um, I'm sorry, which, you know, really broke my heart. Um, and I had a couple guys, uh, that I worked for previously, you know, offer me jobs as like project managers where I wouldn't, and, you know, I just, I really appreciated it, but it's like, you know, I just, I don't even know if I want to be around it if I can't be doing it. Um. So anyway, it, it went on. So I, I started doing, I mean, honestly, it wasn't a lot different than, well, the process was different in that, like I did it online, but it wasn't a lot different than learning about carpentry. Like I learned all about uh, nerve velocities and axons and myelin and what can cause them to, you know, be stripped away and when they grow back and, um, you know, the conduction blocks. And I mean, I, I you know, so certainly I, don't, I, I, I couldn't make it as a neurologist for sure, but I, I learned enough about the particular stuff that was going on with me. And eventually I found, I found online, a guy who um, had a, a different disease called chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. CIDP. And, uh, I was just like, that's me. Like, that's exactly what has happened to me. And so became very convinced that I had it like researching it, you know, and kind of in my head, this 99.9 is in my head the whole time. And then I remember one night I I finally, I found an article that said, um, it was in the Oxford medical journal, you know, so I'm, I'm like reading medical journals now. And, uh, and like people with CMT were actually much more likely. So, so CMT is like one in 2,500 people in America. CIDP is like maybe, you know, two or three per million. So, you know, I was like, maybe I have them both. But then I did the numbers and I'd be like, well, I'd be the only person in America. <laughs> there might be one other, you know, just statistically. But then I found this article saying that like people with CMT were, were much more likely to, to have it, to have CIDP. And I was just, I remember going and. Uh, to the bedroom where my wife was, and I, I threw, my, I threw my phone down on the on the bed, and I was like, "I fucking figured it out." And you know it's probably like one of the proudest moments of my life. Um, so anyway, uh, I needed to get a spinal tap to to kind of like test my theory, and I was really fortunate that I happened to to know a doctor. I was friends with a a woman who was a radiologist in the same hospital system. And she like contacted my, cause like, I couldn't get in. It was going to be, this is like October now of 2018. And um, like, I couldn't, the neurologist couldn't see me again until like late January. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm losing, you know I'm getting just worse and worse and worse. And um, so she, she like, you know I called her up and I was like, Hey, what do I do? like, how do I even like talk to this doctor and like convince him that, you know, this, you know, carpenter figured out, you know, uh, what's going on, you know, over his like, you know, 40, 50 years in the medical profession. And, but she was really great. And she helped me, uh, you know, bump up the thing. And she's like, well, I can get you, we do that in our office. And so, Yeah. So she, she got me the tests, uh, the, the spinal tap and yeah, my, my numbers were like for the protein they were looking for, like 10 times, what would be diagnostic. And I went, they moved me up to the next appointment and like literally changed my, you know, they like literally in all my stuff, they erased all the stuff with CMT. And I was like, oh, well, I read this thing. He's like, no, he's like, no, you, you have CIDP. And so he didn't even really apologize, but he was a little sheepish because he, he probably should have been able to figure it out. But yeah, so the, fortunately with what I have, uh, you know, there are treatments. Um I'm on steroids, high dose steroids, which bring their own issues, but uh, but you know, I can walk and I've been able to continue um working as a carpenter and even starting the apprenticeship program, which had been a you know a lifelong goal of mine and, you know, something that I hope to continue. But I went through, you know, between getting sick and then the 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 treatments took, you know, a good year before I was really kind of back to a somewhat semblance of normal. Um, you know, I, I I lost about, you know, in, in about a three and a half year period, I I maybe made as much money as I'd make in a year. You know. Yeah. Um, so I burned through. I sold a couple of houses that I had wanted to have as as rental properties. You know, um, for after a while, you know, because the the health costs were were really high. You know, I had insurance, but you know, all these tests and stuff i were doing were really expensive um you know i wasn't working um or not much <laughs> and uh yeah so i had to burn through a lot of stuff and i'm you know now at 43 i'm i'm trying to rebuild my retirement and uh you know it, like in a lot of ways i feel really lucky and very fortunate um but you know i still there's i still have issues with strength i still have issues with tremors i still have issues with know there's a lot of stuff that it still affects um i'm hoping to start a new treatment here pretty soon that it's you know outrageously expensive but uh but i think it might might do better for me um but yeah it's you know a lot of times i mean when i think about this stuff like you know i get very emotional because like my whole life was getting ripped away from me my you know my job my health my um you know just being able to do things with my family you know obviously created a ton of stress in my marriage and, um, you know, it was, it was really hard working through all of that stuff. Um, you know, and it's not over, you know, there's still, you know, there's still a lot of, uh, things that I have to fight through, um, with it, but, you know, it's, 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 I'm healed enough to where I can continue doing what, what I love to do. So, um, you know, I feel very, very fortunate in that sense. Um, I've, 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 I've also done a lot of therapy and we've done a lot of marriage therapy <laughs> to help through a lot of this stuff, which is, which is, uh, I highly recommend for people, you know? Um,
1: yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's uh, yeah.
0: Well, no, you know, no worries if that stuff doesn't fit in. It's, it's hard for me to, to talk about it in a way that, you know, um, anyway, so,
1: um, No, that's a, that's, I am so appreciative that I've got my health. And I think that, and when people have their health, they don't always recognize how important that is and how lucky they are. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's easy to do. I, I have, I string a couple of good days together. I start to to, to take my own health for granted, you know, I'm like, Oh man, yeah. what's the problem?
1: <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite tool?
0: tool, track saw.
1: Mm, I believe it. Most use, <laughs> most useful tool.
0: Um, uh, you know, I mean like probably tape measure, uh, you know,
1: it's a good call. Uh, Sasha backtracked. Oh yeah. What uh, she, it I she thought- think she said, skill saw and then she was like no
0: hammer <laughs> hammer right yeah i mean um, you know it's 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 tough to beat like a utility knife a pencil a hammer and a tape measure right you know we can you can do true. just about anything with those things right
1: that's right um the where have you been all my life tool
0: Ooh, good question um you know like 15 years ago it would have been like the multi-masters those are those are incredible um
1: shaking I my head Vigorously yeah. agreeing with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember before, I mean, they were like a revelation, um, you know, and then I probably had my tracks off for like 10 years now. Um, gosh, what is the tool? I, I know there's something here. I know I'm gonna regret, I'm probably gonna like call you up later and be like, no, 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 I'm changing my answer. It's, uh, it's this hey, thing. Hey,
1: don't call me in the middle of the night. Oh, Just okay. Just wait till tomorrow. <laughs>
0: okay. It feels like, uh, you know, it feels like this question I really wanna get right. You know, I love like having crown stops. And I know it's like kind of an obvious thing, but uh, you know, before I had crown stops, it was, you know, it was like drawing lines on the on the saw. Uh, you know, and then and now it's just like, oh, I just set it there and it's perfect.
1: Um, well, yeah, that's a that's a where have you been all my life tool for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's probably my answer. Cause I mean I've had them for a number of years now, but like before I had them, it was just, you know, but once you got it, it's just like, oh wow, that's so much easier.
1: Yeah. All right. Now we'll get personal. Best joke.
0: Best joke. Oh, wow. Um,
1: (laughs) So so I feel like no one, no one's answered this yet.
0: Yeah. Well, so I feel like there are these, like, you know, there's these like sort of standard construction jokes, which uh, I feel like on the job site, there are kind of all of these, like, you know, recycled jokes where they just kind of get used over and over for like the specific, you know, the, the one from mr mom of like you know 220 221 whatever it takes you know um but as far as like a good just laugh out loud joke
1: uh oh yeah that is a hard one best job site snack
0: so for me honestly it's it's uh cut up granny smith apples um they they lower my blood sugar which the steroids make my blood sugar really high so uh um so yeah granny smith apples cut into slices with or without peanut butter they're always good
1: best food in st louis
0: ooh so um i actually feel like st louis has a lot of really good food um really good restaurants um there's a few things that we're kind of known for that like a lot of the rest of the world does not understand or like um but there, there's St. Louis style pizza, which is like cracker crust with, with Provel cheese, which is kind of like, I don't know, this like fake, you know, man-made processed cheese. Um, and, uh, you know, and then like whatever, you know, normal toppings you want. Uh, I've grown to love it, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an acquired taste. <laughs> so I'd say St. Louis style pizza. Emo's, Emo's is, is the go-to.
1: Okay, Emos. And what are the best job site jams?
0: Uh, You know, so I like, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, I got a a lifetime subscription to uh, like Sirius Satellite Radio. So I listen, I listen to a lot of different things, but I I listen a lot to a station called The uh, Spectrum, which plays, you know, everything from like The Beatles and Rolling Stones you know, all the way up through, you know, they that's actually where I learn any new music that I learn is usually through there. Um, but like, I really love a guy named Leon Bridges. Um, mm-hmm. He's like Marvin Gaye reincarnated. He's yeah. really good. If yeah. You get, um,
1: yeah, well, I got turned on in Leon last year. Okay. Robert.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they've been they were playing Leon and Spectrum probably, I don't know, three or four or five years ago. Um, also, the, the newest guy I like is a guy named Bakar. It's B-A-K-A-R, which is short for some really long name, um, but he's got kind of a, I don't I don't, I don't even know how you would describe his music, um, but he's got some really good stuff. So I've been, I've been listening to his, he just came out with a new album, maybe in the last week or two. Um, so yeah, but I, I can listen to a lot of stuff. It does have to be music though. <laughs> I have a hard time listening to, I, I can listen to talk radio if it's kind of like something I can zone out on, you know you know, the news or something, but, uh, but I do really need to be listening to music.
1: I have to admit that I, I have a really hard time focusing on talk while I'm working. And I try to listen to podcasts at work and I, yeah. I hear, I hear like one sentence. And when I, when my brain clicks in on something uh-huh. I completely yeah. lose focus on what I'm working yeah. on. Exactly. And so it's gotta be jams. It's gotta be tunes mm-hmm. for yeah, sure. Yeah, It's
0: gotta keep you moving a little bit. Yeah. You know? There's gotta be a melody yeah
1: hey Casey well I'm gonna uh, thank you so much for taking time to be with beyond with me today and it's cool to talk to you face to face uh because we've had you know yeah our kind of social media interactions
0: yeah well thanks so much for having me on I really enjoyed it and uh I've loved every episode of the uh um the podcast that I've listened to and looking forward to listening more. And, um, and actually now I have a little bit of time where I'm not really working. I'm doing, you know, organizing stuff in there. I can listen to the podcast. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting through, you know, a, a number more of them. So yeah, thanks again. And it's been great. Keep doing what you're doing. It's it's great for people to have that, that tool in their toolbox of of being taught because, you know, it's, it's not easy being a contractor. <laughs> and if i can give you a little plug too, say
1: that again for the people in the back
0: it's not easy being a contractor that one yeah it's great to have a tool i'll also say like uh you know give some money to mike uh through his uh through his what's that app called again the uh <laughs> venmo venmo thank you give some money to mike through his venmo i did because you know, I appreciate what he's doing. And, you know, if it's five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, you know, uh, he puts a lot of work into this and, you know, he does it because he likes it and he enjoys it and he wants to teach people, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's doing it for free unless, unless you pay. So that's my, there's, there's my little pitch.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for that, Casey. And thank you for sharing your story with us. And, um, it's, I really appreciate it and, uh, keep doing all that awesome work you're doing. Thank you, Mike. Hey, today's shout out goes to Kevin Gallagher, owner of OEC Building Services here in Fairbanks, Alaska. Kevin reached out to me last week because we got mutual friends and we had a little talk about his new construction business. Thanks again for your killer review of the pod and we'll see you over at the depot one of these days. All right, Hammer fam, that's all I got. Later.